Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, here we go. Uh, Tuesday, February 8th, day 168 of the Mass Siege here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, Health director says two more weeks. Two more weeks. And then, you know, they'll have saved us all. Whatever. (laughs) Whatever. She's not even worth the airtime. Whole mass thing is stupid. Everybody knows it. It's, uh, we we just live in a sham right now of government here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Having said that, I've uh, got an exciting show. Uh, we're going to have Sen- Senator Erdman on right now to talk about Epic Consumption Tax because it's something new and something uh, that I want to know more about. And, uh, you know, he's out in District 47 in the Council Bluffs area, and I'm really looking forward to uh, talking with him. So, Senator Erdman, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Thank you very much, Jack. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. So um, I've dug in and read as much as I can, um, and uh, some of your associates have been very helpful in sending. And I wonder if the people kind of understand what you're trying to do. And so my first question is, what is it? Epic Consumption Tax. Tell us here in Lancaster County, you know, what it is that you have up that you're sponsoring in the state legislature. Okay, here it is, Jack. This is how it is. A consumption tax, I want to start with what the difference is between a consumption tax and a sales tax. A consumption tax is collected by the first consumer who purchases something for consumption or a service they hire for personal use. A sales tax is collected every time something sells. And so it is uh, the opinion, my opinion, as well as one of the rules in the consumption tax, that an item can only be taxed once. And so what we have in the state of Nebraska, we have a broken tax system that started back in 1967, and we continue down that same road for the last 55 years, and it's time to make a change. So here's what's wrong with our current system. Someone else, someone besides, besides yourself, how much money, how much of your money you're going to give them and when you're going to pay it. And if you don't believe me, just wait till your property tax shows up in your mailbox how much you owe. <laughs> so the problem is our focus on those who collect and spend the taxes when we should be focused on those who pay the taxes. And that's exactly what the consumption tax does. It allows you to decide how much taxes you're going to pay and when you're going to pay it. So, yeah, basically, it, it as the name sounds, if I'm going to consume it, so to speak, uh, then I'm going to pay tax on it, opposed to other initiatives we have where I'm paying taxes on anything I buy, and right. then things like real estate tax where I don't actually know how much I'm going to be taxed year to year. Correct. And the other issue is, uh, in our current system, you never own your property. And if you don't believe me, don't pay your property tax for three years, and you'll find out who owns it, and it's not you. And so once your mortgage is paid, you continue to rent from the county. And that is a, that's terrible. We should be able to own our property free and clear once the mortgage is paid and the consumption tax freeze won't have to do that. And in your opening comments, you made, you said that you read up on this. You are a rare person because most of the people that are opposed to this, most of them, almost all of them that are opposed to this didn't take the time to read the dynamic study on epictax.org's website, right. or look at the frequently asked questions, or call me, or do anything at all to try to understand it, but they get all these preconceived notions about what it's going to do, 
and they don't even take the time to understand it or try to research it. And I get so sick and tired of people like we had last Thursday when we had a hearing. We had eight lobbyists come in representing every, every part of the state, and those people made stupid comments like, how do you buy used wine? <laughs> and one of the car dealer lawyers said, if I buy a car in Iowa because of the consumption tax, we're going to lose out on that revenue. And I'm wondering where he's ever bought cars before because the taxes always paid at the courthouse. So there were some of the most stupid comments I've ever heard in my life from the lobbyists. And last time we had like three lobbyists. This time we had eight, which tells me I'm on the right track because sometimes it's more important who's against you than who's with you. Well, I was just going to say, you're, you're definitely gaining traction if uh, lobbyists are starting to show up more and more to debate. Right. And, I, and I will say you're exactly right. And that's why I, I appreciate you calling in, because I have done the research and I've looked at it. And at first, I'll be honest, I was like intimidated because of the material. But then I kind of break it down. And then when somebody that, you know, like yourself, lives in the state like me, has, you know, been from here. You know, when we talk, we break things down to a more uh, understandable story. So you're exactly right. As a military guy, I bought cars all over. And guess what? I paid taxes always back where I'm living. In this case, state of Nebraska. So, you know, those type of arguments are silly. The other thing, and I'm glad you said it, because I have not considered that, and I don't have any way to say oh that's that's not true you're absolutely right i'm free and clear on my property but if i don't pay my taxes three years they're going to take my property and i'll tell you right now that's not right now i don't think that's going to happen to me but that is something i've never considered i'll bet you all kinds of uh people in lincoln lancaster county as well as nebraska have never considered that no the reason here's one reason and last week we had a guy named Dan Pilley in with the tax expert that fights the IRS for people. That's what he does for a living. And he was in last week, and he said if people had to write a check for their property tax, they would be more upset about it than they are now because it comes out of their escrow account. And so they don't have no idea how much their property tax really is unless they, they delve into it. And so here's the issue that I think we face. Until we get more concerned about our current system, than we are about change, we'll never make a change. And that's what happened in 1966. The state had one source of revenue, and that was property tax, and the voters said this property tax is too high, and they circulated the petition, and they eliminated property tax. Well, guess what? The state didn't have any funding, so in 67, the state legislature implemented sales tax and income tax to make up for the lost revenue that they had when they lost the property tax. And so they got to the place where they said, we don't care what happens, We just know our taxes are too high and we're making a change. And the other issue that aggravates me all the time is people say, this is going to be regressive on the low income and medium income people. They don't take the time to read the dynamic study and read what we're trying to do, and there'll be a prebate given to everybody. Everybody, Mm -hmm. including Warren Buffett, will get a prebate equal to the poverty level times the consumption tax rate, and there's no cliff effect. In other words, if the poverty level is $12,800 and you make $20,000, you're still going to get the prebate. And so it will offset any consumption taxes they have to pay on food, clothing, or anything else up to the poverty level. So a poverty level person or a low-income person at 12800 will actually be $1,000 or $1,100 better off under the consumption tax proposal than they are in the current sales tax system. 
So how is that regressive? Because you don't take the time to research that. And then all of them say, well, no one's ever showed me a system that works, how this will work. Well, the reason they haven't is because they didn't read the information that's out there. And earlier this year, last year, uh, Stephen Moore came to my office, and you may have heard of Stephen Moore. He's on Fox Business News almost every day. Mm-hmm. And he came to my office. We explained the program to him. He said, this is the answer. This is what needs to happen. We met with Governor Ricketts, Stephen Moore and I did, and he told the governor that this is the answer to your property tax problem. This is the answer. If you want to leave a legacy, adopt the epic consumption tax. And then later on, he got us in contact with Art Laffer. You may have heard of him. He's yep. the most renowned economist in the nation. Yeah, absolutely. He was in my office a, a couple of weeks later. We presented it to Art Laffer. Art Laffer said, let's meet with the governor. We did. And he told the governor the same thing that Stephen Moore told him. And so about a week or so, up to a month or so later, after he left my office, I seen Art Laffer at a convention. I joined him for breakfast. And he asked me how it was going with the consumption tax, and I told him we're trying to make progress. A week later, he sent me an email, and he said, what you are trying to do in Nebraska, I'm 100% in favor of you're on the right track. So here we got a guy that's the most renowned economist in the nation has looked at our program and has said, this is what we need to do, and if you do this, all other states will have to do this, and you'll become the most desirable place to start and a business and live. And you'll stop the brain drain, and the old people won't leave because they got high property tax. This is the solution. And if you do it, other states will have to do it. And so until we had the confirmation from people like Moore and Lapper, we knew we had a good idea. But now we have it confirmed by two of the most renowned economists in the nation. Wow, that's... Uh... Uh, you know that it's a big thank you to you i you know you never know how these things will turn out but to not only uh take the risk uh to come up with the idea but to get on board uh really the best of the best in the nation to take a look right. at it and and and, I, and i'll be honest it lends more credence to it because i think the the friction always comes when something is new, right? And like you said, right. people uh, don't go in there. Interesting enough, uh, Governor Ricketts was on yesterday, and he I kind of asked him directly. And, and you know, he, he was, I'll say he was lukewarm on the air yesterday. And he, okay. he said a few things. Uh, you can go back and listen to it. He said a few things similar to, I haven't seen anything yet. He wasn't ruling it out, but he, he did quote, you know, I haven't seen anything yet. That blah, 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 blah. So, um, you know, I felt that was interesting because I had researched it based on uh, you and your folks, and I knew that we were going to talk. And and I want to continue to explore this. And I'll say that because something is wrong here in this state with the tax system. Okay? Right. And and, and a lot of, I think, Nebraskans have different opinions on it. One of the things I know, because I try not to overthink things, is I know that this works in South Dakota. Um, as in my understanding of what they do with uh, consumption tax, am I correct there? They have a sales tax, and and what I asked, I asked uh, uh, Dan Pilla, the expert that was in a couple weeks ago or last week, I asked him, are there any other states that are doing this? And he said, those states that do not have an income tax is the closest thing that we can compare this to. Right. And every one of those states that doesn't have an income tax is doing economically better gaining more population is moving forward economically better than the states that have income tax. So that's an example. And he said, it's a very reliable tax. And he said, these people are afraid of this because it's changed. 
And Ronald Reagan once said, the only way to manage change, the only way you can manage change is to create it. Right. And so here we go. We're going to get a chance to fix our broken tax system. And like I said earlier, until people get more concerned about the current system and they get more concerned about someone else telling them how to pay their taxes and when and how much, then we're going to continue down this road. And so Lapper said, look, if you stay on this track that you're on now, you're going to wind up like West Virginia. And so consequently, we can't have economic development when we're taking people's money away from them without their permission. And sometimes it's more they can afford to pay. Sure. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, how is the... Well, number one, you're absolutely right. It's a little different, nuanced with uh, South Dakota. But for an example for Nebraskans and people here in Lancaster County, read up on that as kind of a near peer in what they're trying to do and realize that what Senator Erdman suggested and has put in the legislation is actually the best of the best by all big brains across our nation. And it's something that's worth us looking at, but more importantly, what you're saying, Senator, is also understand our current system and why there's problems. And yeah. then all of a sudden, you start to have the the drive or the gusto for, well, maybe there is something better out there. Right. And I think it's quite obvious, uh, you know, Commander, if you look at what happened last summer with the CRT and the CSE, all of a sudden, when people began to realize what it was, they got pretty fired up and showed up at the school board meetings. Well, when people began to realize how broken our tax system is, they begin to show up and say, hey, we need to do something different. And so I would suggest any of your listeners go to epictax.org, D-I-P-C-T-A-X.org, and if you go to that website, there's a place on there where you can click onto the calculator, which will calculate how much taxes you would pay currently, how much you pay currently, and also what your tax liability would be under the epic consumption tax. And if you don't save 70%, you call me. And yeah. so then the next question you're going to have is if I'm going to pay 70%, who's going to pay more? Well, here's the answer. Currently, anybody who spends their money and pays sales tax, none of that goes to funding your, your NRD and all those other things your property tax goes to. And in most cases, it doesn't help your your uh, state income tax and sales tax doesn't help the local school because 170 of them don't get any help. And those people that come from other states are going to fill in that gap that you're going to not pay the taxes, to the property tax. They're going to help you fill that in. They're going to help pay the taxes. And so it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to make an, a revenue-neutral switch from the current system we have to a system of consumption where you decide and you're in control of how much money you give to the government. It is your money. And most yeah. people say, oh, man, I can't wait to wait till 15th. I'm going to get a refund. It's not <laughs> a refund. It's not a refund. No, it's you just your own money. You and they're giving you some of your money back. That's all it is. It's your own money. And if you're a smart investor, you'd already used that money and invested and made money with that money. Uh, right. it, yeah, it's crazy. I'll tell you what, I only have about a minute. But how is the legislation doing right now? The legislation, uh, we had the best hearing on Thursday that I had ever been attended, that I attended in my life of being here in five years. And we had 29 people come in and share their story about the consumption tax proposal and how the current system is broken. And there was a lady in the back, when these people were sharing their story, she was crying. And I asked her later, why was she crying? And she said, those people were very believable, very sincere. And there are 29 people, not one of them repeated what the other one said. And the opposition made such stupid comments, I can't believe they even spoke at the hearing. 
And so it was the greatest hearing. I think this bill has a chance to get out to the floor for full discussion, and we'll see what happens going forward. But have your listeners go to that website. I will. It's important. It's important. I will, and I'll tell you what, um, and I'll keep talking about it here, because the thing I enjoy is uh, when the people come out and represent at these hearings and and, and you see them up against the big lobbyists. Uh, and like right. I said, folks, you don't have to be really smart to understand. If big lobby starts to get behind something, it's probably 99.9% not good for you individually That's and your exactly family. Right. And so what we need to do is continue to get educated on our own system, understand this um, really new old way of of doing things because there are people that are doing something similar, and we need to really vet it. And and I'll tell you what, I don't know if it will go through right now, but it's out there. It's going to get talked about, and I think think you're on to something, Senator Erdman, and I appreciate you calling in. I appreciate that. It's like, you know, you've seen that picture of the stork swallowing the frog. Yes. And the frog's got his hands around the stork's neck and he says, never, never, never give up. That's right. That's, that's where I'm at. Never, All right. Never give up. I appreciate okay, it. Never give up. Thank you. 1499.3 Drive Time Lincoln. You're getting 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, we're back. Oh, mad chaos in the studio right now. Um, had a chair blow out on me. Uh, I know some of you who work, and you know we all have our certain heights we like to sit at. Um, when a chair blows out on you, and you, you can imagine the studio, right? I mean, the microphones are a little higher. Um, you all of a sudden, you're low riding, and it's a very uncomfortable feeling. But anyway, uh, I thought Senator... Erdman did a great job, uh, you know, quickly explaining consumption tax and the proposal that's out there uh, for legislation right now in Nebraska. So go to epictax.org and follow through um, with some of the questions on there and the calculators and get educated on it. Uh, You may recall the governor was on yesterday. He was a little lukewarm on the idea, and that's fine. I mean, it's the first time it's been presented, um, to my knowledge, here in Nebraska. And so I thought it'd be great just to get uh, the sponsoring senator to come on and appreciate his time. And I think we'll talk more with him. And the reason is, is because I think it's good as a citizenry that we're always exploring uh, tax options and different ways to um, benefit uh, ourselves, really, um, our tax structure and the way we spend our money to support our government, in this case, state government, and everything like that. And that doesn't mean every idea is going to be great. I have no idea where this is going to go. But I do know that places that have similar um, things in existence um, have done really well. And Senator Erdman talking about, uh, you know, some of the experts that have looked at the plan are in favor of it. So I think it's worth our time. Uh, We're going to have Sam Lyons and Mary Hilton in second segment to talk about their opposition to the city council's fairness ordinance or whatever. We get discrimination all out of everything. Dreamland. Whatever. 1,499.3 KLIN. Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln. 1,499.3 KLIN. 
All right, we're back. I've got the lowrider seat here uh, driving the ship, which is Drive Time Lincoln. It is day uh, 168 of the mask siege. Uh, Pat Lopez says two more weeks. Yay. I guess I'm supposed to cheer for that. Yeah, wh- whatever, Pat. Um. And what, what you're yet to say is detainee 3101. You haven't given your detainee number oh, on the air today. Yeah, this is Commander Riggins. I still am detainee 3101 suffering just like you through this silly mask siege of Lincoln, Nebraska, which... Interesting enough, is going to go all the way up to uh, 180 days, which I thought to myself, oh, that's a standard uh, U.S. Navy deployment. So there you go, folks. Uh, you didn't join the Navy, but you're going to be forced to do things sometimes like our sailors who volunteer to take orders um, in defense of you, me, and our country. Uh, you had no idea that if you were a citizen of Lincoln-Lancaster County that you would be given orders by the Lancaster County Health Department. Anyway. Whatever, we're all through that issue. We know how to deal with that. Just do what you feel you need to do to stay safe. Uh, this is more important, frankly, right now. Uh, we've got Sam Lyon in, who testified in opposition to this fairness resolution at City Council last night. And Mary Hilton, who has been on the show a few times. You may recall she ran for uh, City Council. And she testified in opposition. And I'm going to run it down quickly, and I'm going to get to them, because they have some great thoughts and words, because there is a historical precedence, if you will recall. This has been here before Lincoln 10 years ago. I wasn't living here. I wouldn't have guessed it was here, uh, but it was here 10 years ago. Both Mary and Sam were on the front lines with many others uh, working this um, or paying attention to it um, 10 years ago. Lo and behold, magically, it came back. Okay, here's what I did. I researched the whole darn thing, meaning I watched the whole council meeting last night, and I here, here's, what, here's my takeaway. Okay, here's what we got, folks. Number one, the fairness resolution, as you know, was brought 10 years ago. It was passed. The people went and signed a petition and got the signatures required to say, no, we, the people, the citizens, you and I, um, don't want that in our city. Therefore, uh, it went back to the city council, at which time, by law, they are supposed to rescind it or put it to the vote of the people. This is how our democracy works. This is how our republic works. You hear me talk about it all the time. Ten years ago, they had two choices, rescind or put it to the vote of the people. Well, they didn't do either. They just shelved it, they call it. Shelved it, hid it. It just sat there magically for ten years. And then all of a sudden, they put a few new words in it. They said. People like Commander Jack Regans, veterans, they need to be protected too, because we're not protected enough. We got to add more equal opportunity, more stuff. Oh, wait, did I say gender identity? Yes. Oh, yeah, we've got to make it so that every identity, everything, cats, dogs, men, women, shurs, hers, this, that, have to be in language somewhere. Well, in fact, it's just the same old 10-year ordinance that legally should have been rescinded, or put to a vote of the people. But here it is. They're going to vote on it. And the mayor got up and cheerleaded for it. Uh, she referenced, we need to be like the other Big Ten cities. Uh, the county attorney, or the city attorney got up there and talked about the Big Ten cities. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't need public policy uh, intertwining Big Ten athletics. Athletics is athletics. So I guess if you're the current mayor and you're the current city attorney, If we're in the Big 12 and half our teams are down in Texas, we'd be going, well, down in San Antonio, they take the border seriously and 
You know, they believe that there should not be any abortion, and by God, we got to be just like them. Come on. You two made the biggest fool of yourselves yesterday trying to play to the hearts and minds of Big Tenism in a city ordinance that you know by law you're on the wrong side of. It's simple. But they cheerleaded, and so it'll probably go to vote on Valentine's Day. We had to add, add that in there. Anyway, proponents lined up, literally, like a Russian or Chinese dance company, all playing their part. Every potential demographic of human being was there. They had the old military retiree saying, thanks for protecting veterans. They had every nationality, every example of LGBTQ+, and then some, all of it. There was nothing at all in normal social societies that wasn't represented Lock, stop, and barrel like a Russian or Chinese dance company coming out to perform. Boy, I imagine those were just free citizens that decided to show up randomly to testify. Okay. Well, there you go. That's the type of government we've got right now in Lincoln, Nebraska. All right. So, let me tell you this. You, me, all of us have rights. They come from the Constitution of the United States, and they come from God himself. Okay? Inalienable rights. And we as a country have worked really hard to expand those where they made sense so that equal opportunity is protected and everything we do is given down through God and our Constitution put in our power. Let me tell you another little secret, folks, in the world. You can't legislate out discrimination. It happens. It's called a mistake of human existence. We all make mistakes. It happens. We don't get what we want sometimes. People look at us funny. People call us names. For those of you that want kids and want to invite people, in, in what I heard was the invasion of Lincoln, like come here and, and you'll be able to do this. Um, I'm sorry. You're going to be discriminated against at some point in time in your life. You can't legislate it out. We've got all the protections already in law. We've got them from the day this country is founded to the adaptations we made. Okay. But nonetheless, you... You, Lincoln, we, we want to join the Big Ten team, uh, teams and people, and we want to cheerlead about it. Um, but the fact is, you broke the law, city council, 10 years ago. That's it. You broke the law. And now the people are coming once again to tell you about it. And then the people spoke, and it was a hob mob of citizens, which you would expect, kind of like the Rebel Alliance of not choreographed, not uh, the Russian dance team, Americans, free Men and women who've built their lives the way they want to come and speak. And so they spoke, and we have two of them here now. Like I said, Mary Hilton and Sam Lyons. Welcome. Great to be with you. You can see I don't care about this issue at all. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that you need us. You've really covered it pretty well so far. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, There were many um, people that were proponents, and there were many in opposition. It was about equal. But as I've said before, what I liked about your testimony and why I called was you really broke down about the law and about the process of what's going on and not so much the emotional part. I, of course, play a little bit recently right there to a little bit of emotional part because I like to do that. I'm a radio host. But in fact, I'm a big guy about law and doing under our system what's right. And I thought both of you testified to parts of that. And Mary, I want to ask you before we get into it, and why you both talked about that in your angles, and, and where do we go from here, 
there was an interesting thing that many news outlets are reporting, oh, there's no opposition to this. And then several people testified, you included, that some of the transparency postings that the city council normally does just coincidentally weren't kind of up over the last three days. And so citizens' comments were not really brought forward like they normally would be on an issue. What is that? Can you explain that to me as far as the historical norms of the city council, um, you know, getting public comment and, and then everybody else being able to see that? Yeah, so my understanding is what has happened in the past is that the council members will receive a packet of information dealing with next, the next Monday's agenda. They'll get this packet on either Thursday or early Friday. And then from that moment on, any constituent correspondence is then attached on an addendum from the point that that packet goes out to the council members up until the council meeting on Monday, which would include all the correspondence received over that three-day period. And that has not been happening like it's supposed to. Um, they ha- it hasn't been being published. And so either that's either a housekeeping error um, or we don't have um, council, city council, that has a priority placed on being transparent. Yeah, I mean, and I like that there are errors and it could be a housekeeping issue. No doubt about it. But the other side of that, without explanation, is you begin to think, given the culture of America right now and what's been going on when legislation at any level has tried to be passed, of nefarious activity to shape kind of the outward look of something. Yeah, the narrative. The narrative. And giving the historical precedence that this was here 10 years ago and the city council did not follow the law. Magically leading up to this, that had happened. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say, well, the people have gotten a chance to speak right now. But I will say this to news outlets, shame on you for not digging in deeper and going and publishing. Oh, there's no opposition to this. Frankly, I would love to see a vote of the people Mm -hmm. because it's probably 60, 40, maybe higher against this. Yet the kings and queens literally, of the city council feel that they know what's best for you and I. Mm-hmm. Sam, tell me about this legalities of what they should have done and a little more detail and where they're at today. So uh, thanks for having us on, Commander. Yeah, you bet. I'm fired up, man. Sorry. You know, I'm I'm kind of like you. I, I, I'll, if I'm going to play a game, I want to know what the rules are. I want to know uh, because I want the rules to be followed. Sure. And the city council has a habit of not following their own rules. Um, We've seen this in the past, and uh, 10 years ago is an example. 10 years ago, they said, hey, we want this fairness ordinance. They passed it in Omaha in order to keep people in Lincoln, in order to keep people from running out of town. We have to do this, uh, so let's pass it. They passed it. The city council passed it, and the... The people of Lincoln said, I don't think this is going to be good for Lincoln. I don't think this is going to make us safer. I don't think this is going to make us kinder. I don't think this is going to make us love each other more. I don't think this is right for Lincoln. And so they they signed petitions called a referendum. And that referendum, which is in, in place as a charter rule, is the people's opportunity to veto 
any action coming out of the city council. And they raised 10,000 signatures. They needed 2,500. They raised 10,000 signatures in half the time necessary. And they sent it back to the city council. The charter rules, this is the ultimate law of Lincoln. Like, there is no higher law of Lincoln. The charter says, if that happens, you have two options, city council. You can rescind or you can put it to a vote of the people. They've had 10 years of elections that they could have put it on any ballot, essentially for free. They already had it. Say, hey, let's throw it on any of these ballots. For 10 years, they could have done that. And yet now, Washington says, this is the right thing to do. No, actually, the right thing to do would have been to put it on the ballot when they sent it back to you 10 years ago. That's right. Uh, The wrong thing to do would be to let it languish for 10 years and then say, okay, instead of now putting it on the ballot, we're just going to do the same thing we did 10 years ago and vote on it again. That's the wrong thing to do. You know, and the thing that kills me is I understand that we need to have, you know, militarisms out of civilian. Uh, we do. We have to have a separation. And I agree with that. But I will say there are times where I just I, I'd like a little crossover. Like, for instance, it's called dereliction of duty. Mm-hmm. You didn't do your job. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you were in our United States military, your ass would have been canned. Done, set, match. You no longer are qualified to represent the United States of America and fight for our freedoms. Ah, but I guess you can be on the city council and you can kick things down the road. So I don't like it. I don't like it because you're not following the law. All right? And where this goes is going to be interesting because there is opposition. Mm -hmm. And the opposition's, I think, bigger than anyone thought. What's interesting, if you listen to their arguments about people and, and, and brain drain and all of that, is that, well, for 10 years, it didn't get passed. Mm-hmm. Lincoln's been growing. We've, had We've been attracting talent. We've been attracting talent. Of the 10 years. People, people aren't leaving. And I'm talking about the people that they're saying they're trying to protect. Really, LGBTQ and, community. Mm-hmm. We've been growing. We've been doing fine. This and, is one of the best communities for the LGBT community mm-hmm. on the planet. Well, one and, of the proponents <laughs> testified to that last night. One of, one of the proponents was transgender testified this is the nicest community yeah. i have ever lived in yeah this is the i moved here six years ago this is the nicest community i've ever lived in. and i agree i agree i love this town i love this city and it does not surprise me at all that this is the nicest city that's right that they've ever lived in mary where do we go from here do you think well what, what are the options for the opponents because the proponents are just going to try to jam it through that's the way it is. So this is this is Tuesday. And so we have the next five days for the citizens of Lincoln to rise up and communicate their opinion with the city council. That's the first thing that needs to be done. They need to send an email to citypacket at lincoln.gov. And all of the members of the city council will receive the same email. So you just have to send one email out. And they need to voice their concern, I would say, first, about not dealing with the fairness ordinance and the referendum issue from 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. That is the first thing. We need this on the ballot and there to be action on that issue. Second, they need to voice their concern as to why this should be voted against next Monday at the city council meeting on Valentine's Day. 
That's the first thing. And the second thing is if it does pass, just know, um, just to put on the council on warning, is that all legal options are being considered. Fair enough. It's pretty simple, folks. Um, There is opposition to this. The city council hasn't followed the law. Now they're trying to kind of go around us. What you need to do is send emails. I'll keep giving you that information all week. Voice your concerns in those emails. Talk to them about not following the law. Talk to them about needing to vote against this next Tuesday. And if it passes, all legal options are on the table. Mobilize, folks. This is Democracy, 1,499.3 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499.3 KLIN. Well, I'm still here broadcasting from the lowrider chair. We'll try to get that fixed. Uh, Senator Erdman was on, talked about the epic consumption tax. I really do want you. I have no idea which, which way it's going to go, but I am all about looking at ideas. Um, go to epictax.org. Take the calculator. Um, I'm going to continue uh, educating in this county about it because it's new. I think anytime there's an idea that's you know been working in some other places, maybe there'll be something good for Nebraska. Maybe not. But I do think Senator Erdman was correct in that all of us need to pay more attention to the way we're being taxed mm-hmm. and both look at the pros and cons to all of that. Uh, second, uh, we are going to extend this drive time Lincoln into tomorrow's whatever Wednesday. So uh, Mary Hilton and Sam Lyon, who are in opposition to this fairness ordinance, uh, will be on the entire show tomorrow. And so, because there's a lot to unpack here. And, and like I said, let's just start with this audience, because this is us, folks. This is a people's platform. Let's start with the fact that 10 years ago this was passed. The people spoke. It went back to the city council. And they should have thrown it out, or they should have put it to a vote by law. They've had 10 elections to do that. They have not. That's the first thing. That needs to be addressed quickly. Second is concerns about the issue as it would be. And, hey, well, let's just go put it to vote if that's what we're going to do. You know, there's a lot of options. So we're going to break that down with Sam and Mary. Um, Any real quick final thoughts from each of you? I know you have a whole platform tomorrow. Well, I just think fundamentally, government's job is not to tell us how each of us should think in one way. It's to protect our first freedoms, and those are freedoms of conscience and freedom of speech. Let's carry this on tomorrow. All Drive Time Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN.